and welcome to our GLOW podcast. My name is Lauren Martin. GLOW is a registered charity giving life opportunities to women of all ages. In this podcast, we talk about topics that matter to you, including mental health, and each week we will have a surprise guest. I hope you enjoy. Hi guys and welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Lauren and today we have a really exciting guest with us. I'm really glad that she was able to come on and share a bit about who she is and what she is involved with in the Lisburn community. So if you would tell us, listener, um, who you are. Hi, my name is Gay Sherry Bingham and I'm the manager of Atlas Women's Centre in Lisbon. Amazing. And are do you have any kids or anything, Gay? Or are you married? Yeah. Or? I am I am married. My husband is called Michael. And I have two children. So my son Shane will be 30 on New Year's Day. Oh. Yes. And my daughter Casey will actually be 23 tomorrow. So oh, lovely. An isolation birthday. <laughs> An isolation birthday, indeed. But um, now that now, now that you're allowed to meet some of the family in the garden, it's not as bad, you know. So, but uh, but but dear knows the weather should be good tomorrow. So I'm sure we'll maybe barbecue or something now. So, but yeah, great great children can't complain now. And <laughs> even through the lockdown, they have been volunteering for us, even doing gardens and doing deliveries. So yeah, they uh, they um, they're very good. And the husband actually as well. He's very good. He's been doing a lot of volunteers. <laughs> you include him in there just to make sure. <laughs> you didn't forget about him. Like. No, that's fab. Um, it's it's really cool. At the moment, I've been hearing of so many people giving up their time, and I've seen people really come together. So it's such an encouraging thing to see, and it makes such an impact. Um, so fantastic. If you could tell us a bit about what you do. Yes. Certainly, I will indeed. Um, and it's actually a bit more difficult now because there's, there's, there's so many different roles now. Um, yeah. What I do um, in Atlas is, sorry, it's okay. It's okay. Um, sorry about that. No, you're fine. You okay? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Keep going. Um, so basically what I do in Atlas is I would be the manager of, of the centre. And so I would sort of um, be really responsible for the likes of the funding applications, getting funding in to the centre. Uh, and also, again, for, for the staff as well, because we, we would have um, nine, nine to ten members of staff. For, for the amount that we actually do in the community, there really isn't a big lot of staff in Atlas. But mm-hmm. there's maybe there's different sections of the centre. So I'm not sure whether anybody knows ATLAS actually stands for Adult Training, Learning and Support. And that's exactly what ATLAS does. Mm-hmm. So um, I have said just actually, should maybe have said this at the start, ATLAS Women's Centre is what it's called. Um, yes. The Constitution is what it's called. <laughs> However, if you look at the sign outside the centre, mm-hmm. um, if you see some of our flyers, Mm-hmm. It says Atlas Centre, and the reason, the only reason why it says Atlas Centre, is because whenever we have Atlas Women's Centre on it, some women think that it's Women's Aid, and they cannot avail of a program in Atlas in the Atlas mm-hmm. Centre. Even though we're a, a women's centre, men can avail of the, the services 
that are that are going on in the centre and outreach as well. So the name we found in 2002, we found that the name was actually a barrier. So mm -hmm. even though we are we the Atlas Women's Centre is still so 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 important to to the likes of me and other women within the community and the women that, that use the centre, we do realise that the we have to make sure that the name isn't a barrier because mm. it is vulnerable and disadvantaged people that need support that need to come into the centre. Mm. And so we'll have to remove any barriers for that as well. So it would be it would be things like that, you know, making sure, you know, that the centre is running for actually uh, addressing actual needs within the community, we're fighting out the needs within the community. So I, I would be involved in, in an awful lot of um, other organisations and partnership working with the voluntary community and statutory and privately owned organisations. You know, um, just so as I know the needs that are in the community and what other organisations are doing within the community, so there's no duplication of services. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, a lot of a lot of my, a lot of the role now, and actually in particular now, and compared to many years ago, we'd be mm -hmm. partnership working mm -hmm. with organisations. Um, within the centre, uh, now you know it's added training, learning and support. There is a, a training element of it. So there would be classes run every well, Monday to Friday and some 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 again. Um, so we would run programs in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. So for example, before lockdown, um, oh gosh, if we can think back now, on a, on a Monday morning, um, it would have been say the likes of maybe English in one room. There would be our, our art and craft group in another room, and maybe parenting in a, in a different room. So there would be three. It could be up to maybe 10, between 10, 15 to 20 people in each class. Oh, wow. uh, so we would have to stagger that. So because there's a cafe on, on the, the ground floor. So everybody loves their cup of tea and coffee and buns that are uh, and, uh, breakfast that's made in the cafe. So if everybody piled it down at once, then it would just be a disaster and there would be nobody, nowhere to sit and nobody would mm -hmm. get their, their tea and their coffee in time. Mm -hmm. So you have to really make sure that, that it's safe for people to, to move about in. And there's enough time for people to go into the cafe because that's a real important part of what we do. But people go into the cafe and they bond with each other and they make friends, mm -hmm. they gain the confidence to make friends with other people that are coming to the centre, then which lasts outside the centre as well. So there'd be a lot of parents that would come in to use the classes as well. Um, and so we need to remove another barrier of childcare. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, another department within the Apple Centre would be the registered creche. So if we can take up, it's registered for what, about 20, 21 children a day, but we would never have 20 or 21 children a day unless it's a party or unless it's a celebration event, because at the end of the day, it's not a child mountain service. It's, a, it's a, an element of Atlas where we're still training and supportive for children, for preschool children, for babies and preschool children. So a lot of the children that come into the, the crash and their parents are doing the programs that are within the centre or outreach programmes as well. So it's the children learning and developing uh, within the centre as well. So that's 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 both my my my, my job. It's all very it's all very SD and busy, but, but you know something it is absolutely so so exciting and so mm -hmm. rewarding that really and truly I, I I honestly do love what I do. And I see the staff here as well. The staff are absolutely amazing. All of us actually mm -hmm. I'm trying to think now, actually, all of us, the majority of the staff started as volunteers. Yeah. I started as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. and many years ago, I started as a volunteer um, in, in the creche. 
and and I would have ever ran the creation in rural areas because I lived in, in Balderry. So I would have helped out then and, and maybe went into one of the church halls or one of the community centres uh, in McGabry or, or uh, in Balderry itself and then would have helped the childcare workers mind the children where the classes would have been delivered in a different room. So that's where I started off, oh my goodness, so what did I say? <laughs> Three tomorrow, so I would say probably 21 years ago. So you have a wealth, you've like, it sounds at the moment that you just have a wealth of experience and you're getting your hands stuck in, especially during COVID and as well, what Atlas is doing, which I think is one of the, the, the best things when volunteers come in and then they stay on staff and they're given that opportunity. I think that's fantastic. Do you know what it is? It really is. And that's what Atlas is all about. You know, it's about, it's about, and in particular, it is women whenever it comes to employment here. Uh, mm. it's, it's really about women that, that maybe have had a knockback in their life at some stage. Mm-hmm. And this could be their second chance or maybe third chance round of maybe getting, um, either whether it's qualification, whether it's experience or whether it's getting a, a part-time job or, or a change in career. And we have found that if they're given the opportunity in the right surroundings, mm-hmm. with the right encouragement, from people that aren't just reading from a textbook, from people that have actually experienced it before, and it's real life experiences because we've all been knocked down, including myself, mm-hmm. and we're telling people to get back up again because we've got back up again ourselves, and mm-hmm. then people can see, right, okay, we can do this. And that's, that is what Atlas is about, from, from, the, from the directors, you know, to the staff, the volunteers, and the participants that come through the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, um... It's just, I mean, I've been in the, for those of you who are listening um, and you haven't been in the Atlas Centre in Lisburn, I was in, um, I was actually teaching at one stage, but I went downstairs in the cafe and the women and the atmosphere were so welcome and I was quite unwell at the time and they were just fantastic, really vulnerable, really servant hearted, just wanting to make you feel as though you'd been there many times before. So I think you've achieved that sort of, welcomeness for people no matter what they've done or um things that they have been through that they can have another chance at that and for me it was just a really great atmosphere so um, so lovely to hear lauren yeah. so that's, that's, that's what we want to do you know mm-hmm. and we do here you know we, we you know part of part of the, the most the brilliant part of this job is that every day i hear a story from mm-hmm. somebody you know whether it's uh, it's a woman or a man or even somebody that rings up, you know, to say, look, thank you so much. You you actually have changed my life. You know, there was there, there was actually a, a husband had rang up a few years ago and said, look, I just want to thank you because you have changed you have changed my life because you have changed mm-hmm. my my wife and my son. Mm-hmm. And so I want to thank you for that. You know, so which is which is great because you know. It's, it's, it's invaluable, really, the, the feedback that we get. You know, one, one woman I had met in Tesco, and I had said, not their name, but I said hello to her, and uh, she stopped me, and, and she was near in tears, and she said, you know, see, for mine, I started to go to Atlas. She said, I can't believe, she said, that people actually talk to me. She said, I have walked for years looking at the ground and looking at the pavement, and she said, I now walk with my head high. She said, so thank mm-hmm. you all for that. You know, so tiniest wee difference, the tiniest wee changes in 
somebody's life that we all take for granted, you know, can make a huge difference to, to the rest of their life. You know, and I've seen that for many years. Mm. Yeah, like I think just hearing those personal stories really keep you sort mm-hmm. of that you're like, here, this is making a difference, you know. And um and Gay, who would inspire you or who did inspire you to go into community work? Or is there a certain person or a time that you thought, right, I need to do this. This is what I would love to do. Um, is there any particular things you can think of? Do you know, it's, um, my, if I kept talking there, I actually would have said, and these are the people that inspire me mm-hmm. every day. And that probably would have been my next comment. The people that I, the people that I see in here every day that um that come through that door and on day one they are trembling they are afraid to talk they're afraid to and they say to me afterwards i didn't want to i didn't want to talk because i didn't think that what i said was important to be heard Mm -hmm. Um, and then maybe maybe for some it could be three months for some it could be three years and then down the line you see these people showing other people what to do and going over to going over to, to others, women and men, and putting their hand on their shoulder, or whatever, and saying, "Are you okay? You know, this will get easier, and this will get better, and your life will change." And they're then inspiring, they're inspiring others. You know, so now that is the, the people that come in here every day and inspire me totally. The ordinary people that need that wee bit of support, and I can tell you, some of their stories, I do not know how some of them get up in the morning and actually live with with what they've experienced in their lives and how their lives are. So to them, they, they are truly inspirational because they are so strong. Um, uh, as, as a child, I, I certainly did have a wonderful family, both, you know, of um, mum and dad and grannies and granddads. And, and they, were all, they, were all, they, were, they were all very different, I must admit. So they were ex- extremely different. Um, but I must admit, I, I grew up in a, in, a, in a very happy family, which, which, which really has, which, which does have. There is, there's no doubt about it, and I'm extremely, extremely lucky for that. And even, and, and my aunt, my aunt um, um, she passed, she passed away now, I think maybe about 10 years or so. But she, she, was, she was a wonderful, bright, bubbly woman, you know, who was born here in the low road, ended up living in Dublin, moved to Zambia. Then from Zambia moved over to, to America and brought up five or six children. But she always just she she mm-hmm. looked she looked fabulous and, and just spoke happy all all the time, but was able to give you advice about, you know, things will get tough, you know, and, and try and don't worry, you know, be strong and you know, when you can overcome these, but but it's not gonna be it's not gonna be an easy path to follow. Uh, I never really had. I think as a child, um, I went through. You know, as a, as a young girl, I went through sort of different, different um, sort of interests, um, from animals to hairdressing to barbering. And I didn't. I, I did my barbering and I did my hairdressing. And then um, from childcare and different roles in childcare, we worked in many nurseries, um, in the prison, and met some fantastic family along. And then they started um, volunteering here, and I think it was really the work that we were doing and the difference that we were making to people's lives that really inspired me to continue. Uh, I certainly was very, very happy working with children and not going to meetings, and certainly not doing any public speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, the rescue remedy would be out, 
Um, so I know that that that's one thing that keeps me going because it inspires me to do it for, for the centre and for the people, the local people that need this support that has to be continued. Because mm-hmm. if the centre doesn't continue, there's going to be a lot of people that really will stay in their houses and be forgotten about. You yeah. know, so that's the, and, and, and I know that that is, that is a fact because I speak to them all the time, I do reports. And even at this, at this sort of very difficult, challenging time, we have had to change our ways as well because I've been speaking to a, a quite a number of people who have been referred to us or have just heard about us mm-hmm. and thought, right, I'm, I'm going to ring. It's a, it's a local place. Um, it's, it's a community centre. It's in the middle of the city. I'm ringing to see if we can help. And, and I know... If, if they had a rang and it was in lockdown and I'd have said, certainly call in and we'll have a chat, I never would have seen them. But do you see, because I've been talking to them every week on the mm-hmm. phone, and it's now as if we know each other, and it's now a matter of, I can't wait to call in there to see you. We have to see you in person. You know, we have to get a cup of tea. And it's not just me, it's the other girls that are doing it as well, the other staff and the volunteers that are doing it. So it's actually, it's actually sort of given us a different way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it gives you a different perspective. And I think that is heartbreaking when you think about that there's so many vital centres like yourselves that if they weren't there, sometimes it's so easy for people to sweep under the rug and not be noticed. Mm-hmm. And then it affects communities because there's just so many um there's so many outcomes if somebody is struggling with their mental health that are just they can just absolutely shatter a community and they can shatter a family and that's why I think it's just I and again about people inspiring you and the actual people around you inspiring you I mean that is the reason that I love community work is because yeah you're right I hear people's stories and I go how did you you know I learn from them all the time and because they would think, oh, like, thank you, Lauren, for your advice. Or if they said, you get, oh, thank you for your encouragement. But you're like, well, you know, you've challenged me or encouraged me. And it's such a back and forth thing. And, um, oh, it's just fantastic to hear. And especially in COVID when things are falling apart, it just seems there's so many good things holding together and um, really rich things. Absolutely, Lauren, and I really do get a, a, a good sense of community spirit, mm-hmm. uh, community and you know, people people working together, um, just you know, to, to feel you know, to feel that they're they're actually helping um, other people. You know, especially we have you, you know the the women that come here to the, the art and craft um, mm-hmm. uh, group, um, and and a lot of them are fabulous using sewing machines and knitting. So they. I mean, there's these hundreds of scrubs and um, mm. and masks and, and, and ear protectors. Mm. And, you know, I've been ringing them and, and they're back and forward and they're, they're online now shopping, which they never did before. Some of them getting a light for their sewing machine or a needle for their sewing machine, you mm. know, and WhatsApping. Uh, they're now in WhatsApp groups, you know, so that they have learned so much from each other and they stayed together uh, to help other people. And whenever I asked them, uh, I said to them, could you, could you send us some, some photographs of yourselves and just a wee pick of what you're doing? And every one of them has said that they are so glad to help out in this time because they can't think 
of, of other ways how, how they could help. You know, so to feel important, to feel useful, and you know, and, and it keeps them busy. It gives them, it gives them um, an opportunity to get up in the morning to feel like I need to, I need to stick to a routine, which is, mm-hmm. which is so important because we get other other phone calls where people are saying, um, which is unfortunate. And you know, a lot of phone calls where people are saying, look, it's fell, you know, sort of back in the way as they've been maybe off alcohol for a couple of years and because of boredom, because of isolation yeah. and um, and loneliness. And I know isolation and loneliness are separate. You know, uh, you know, people people aren't in isolation, but they feel very, very lonely because mm-hmm. there's nobody to talk to. You know, so we're, we're still hearing, we're still hearing a lot of, we're still we're hearing a lot of good stories um, and positive stories and updates, but unfortunately there's, there is still a lot of people out there that have absolutely nobody to um to talk to even if they are surrounded by family and some aren't surrounded by family and friends but some there's some people out there that still feel that um and if we're the only people that they can talk to here over the phone uh well great and we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing i think like the thing is people having a lack of purpose and you're right see when they don't have that aim or that achievement it's so easy to revert to things like i know for myself reverting to like negative thinking especially in quarantine um and just like not wanting to paint or create or do anything just wanting to to sit and just numb my mind and it's like a bad kind of thing um yeah. so i mean i'm yeah you're right i think there's both sides of it but it's really good that they're even contacting you and you know and um you're contacting them and there's someone to talk to because it's heartbreaking because you don't want anyone to be alone in this time, you know, and yeah. So honestly, um, yeah, if anyone doesn't know who Atlas are, you know now, so go check them out on all their, um, other platforms that they're on and go visit them in Lisbon, obviously when, when, uh, when COVID is, um, in the past, but here's the last question um, for you, Gay. It says, um, what obstacles have you overcome? And like any advice that you give, maybe to someone who um, is quite fearful going into public and they maybe want to do volunteering or someone who is um, a woman and wants to actually coordinate, you know, as a female, have you faced any obstacles um, by being a female, have you? Uh, yes, by being a female and um, coming with the with with being a female, then you're a parent without a doubt. You know, so so I mean, I've had to juggle uh, my my working career and my working life um, around children and around childcare. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And and my husband did work long hours. You know, so so it wasn't an option for him. And I know that that that. And that's the way it was, and that's the and and I was I was happy enough with that because he couldn't um, change change his hours, um, and I but I could, um, but but I still think that that it shouldn't be taken for granted that that's an option for another man to change his hours and for a woman to change hours. I think it should <laughs> yes. be really a partnership approach, mm-hmm. and a woman should never feel well his his job his job and his career is more important. Mm-hmm. And at one stage in my life, I did feel that. Now, I would feel very different now because I'm a different person now than what I was 20 years ago, you know. Um, thankfully, uh, I, I was able to work with it and was able to, to, to work my hours around around the children. But having children and being a mum is always going to be an obstacle for, for women 
my, my obstacle to is confidence. Um, I am confident at certain things. I would get onto a horse now and go around the major race course no problem. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe not to jump, but flat, yeah. Um, I, have, I would get onto a bike and, or a motorbike and go as fast as I could. That wouldn't be an option to me. But standing up in front of whether it's 10 people or 20 people and actually speaking and everybody looking at you mm. actually puts the fear of me continually. So it does. And I really have had to actually just, just challenge myself and be more mindful and take on board of what we, our tutors, not me, because I manage a centre, I bring tutors in, of what we try and support other women with, you know, to, you know, to, to make sure that, that you have the strength yourself. If you're going to encourage other women, you have to really believe it yourself. Um, but that was a big challenge for me. And, and every time I do it, it still is a challenge, but I know at the other end of it, I'm doing it for, for, for the good of not only myself, but most importantly for, for other people. So I would continue, I would, I would continue sort of to, to try and encourage myself and motivate myself. And mental health, I, I think, is a big one as well, you know, for, for a few years. Um, now, whenever I look back, uh, I probably did struggle with, with anxiety. Mm. Um, not, not as much, I don't think, depression, but a wee bit of anxiety. You know, um, am I doing this right? Oh my goodness, was that right? Did I do that the best that I could? And you know, something we do is the best that we possibly can. And I think the way our mindfulness tutors have taught me yesterday now is gone. If you think you have made a mistake, well then, fair enough, learn from it mm -hmm. and do better. But don't beat yourself up, for goodness sake. We're all out there to learn and we're all out and we're all out to learn together. And if we can encourage people to do that, and I would take um, criticism. I would take um, praise without a doubt, and I think that's the problem. I think sometimes we take criticism too seriously, and we don't take praise as serious as we should. You know, so I think I think there's been a, there's been a lot of achievements personally for me, um, and I certainly am a stronger person now mm. at what um, 51 than what I certainly was even you know four or five years ago, most definitely. Gay, you do not look 51 at all. Can I just say this? I've met, guys, I've met Gay and she, she has amazing skin. She does not look 51. Gosh, no. Actually, it took, you said about taking a photograph and I thought, oh my goodness, or any photograph I have, it's either with the children or, 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 or in the Atlas or something. So this morning, before I cycled to work, I took a selfie of me on the bike and I thought, oh my goodness, I'll have to ask you what I'm doing. No, I didn't have my helmet on. So, um, so we'll send you. I'll send you a couple. You sure you can, you can, you can see. <laughs> I'm not one for a lot of makeup or anything, anyway. So I don't mind. <laughs> oh, but the thing is, like what you were saying about, um, about like taking criticism, and I think especially for younger women who are. I think like, I mean, I'm 25, but I think a lot of the time I, I'm such a perfectionist that I see criticism as a bad thing. And then I put very silly expectations on myself. And then yeah. I just get so flustered that I, I either don't complete a task or I just don't do it the way I want. It doesn't look the way I want. So I feel like I think the best friendships I've had and the best people around me have I ha that I've had are people who have actually give me criticism and we're honest enough to be like 
you know, if, if they'd maybe seen like an unhealthy ha- habit in me, um, uh-huh. they can just be like, Lauren, I really don't think that's the best way to be dealing with it. Or if they, if I was really anxious and they were trying to help me break my thoughts down and I was like, wait, no, I've got this. I'm fine. I don't need help. And it's all those things. So I think a lot of people can relate to that. Oh my goodness, most definitely. And I mean, because my daughter is, as I was saying, um, in her early 20s. And she, thankfully now, she is really into the likes of a wee bit of uh, mindfulness and taking time out to, to, to read sort of um, self-help and motivational um, programs. Um, and she, she would be very much her own person and her own style and doesn't really take on board what, what to be in with the crowd to look the same. Uh, and and thankfully she 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 lacks confidence in different areas, but thankfully she has the confidence to be herself mm. and not to be to pretend to be somebody else. And I think that's something that we should all sort of look at. If you're confident, just to be yourself. Um, well then I think you'll be happier and content with the with the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. And if you need to change them, then yes, okay. But you still want to be you. You know, and I think that's where we all have to start off with, right? Who am I? This is who I like. You know, and certainly we can still we can change bits and pieces off ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, with, without a doubt. And you know, but I think it's I think it just has to be. I'm now more content and happy with with who I am, and I don't have to be somebody else for for the thing better. Yeah. But um, that's it. I think we would take um for for any woman starting out there that's thinking, oh my goodness, shoulda, coulda, willa, wonta. Um, give it a go. That's the way I always look at it. You know, give it a go and try it and learn from at least at least you've tried. I think the worst thing that we can think of is to say is oh, why didn't I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, or why didn't I just give it a go? You know, and uh, and sometimes you're very very surprised at what we can achieve and what we enjoy. Yeah, that is like um, giving things a go and pursuing things when all your head is screaming, please don't. Um, um so honestly gay thank you so much for uh coming on and chatting on our podcast we realize obviously covid is a very busy time in the community sector and so we really appreciate you taking the time and answering those questions and guys yes please um remember to just support your local charities and communities and centers and to um look after each other and yes i will see you next week's episode if you have any questions or requests of topics that you want us to cover in this podcast please get in touch and also check out our social medias instagram facebook and our official website to keep in touch so tune in next wednesday so keep safe look after yourself and we will speak to you then